And that's a bit of the brand new single on tonight from my guest, David Boyd James, released today. You can stream it, purchase it, and of course request it at your local country station. It is a great song, and we heard just a bit of it there. We'll hear the song in its entirety a bit later on the show. Stay tuned for that, plus a couple of other songs from David, including a cover song he did uh, that got a lot of attention, and we'll uh, find out uh, the story behind choosing that song to cover and the success that it led to for him. Uh, We'll get into influences and songwriting and so much more here on the show with my guest, David Boyd James. Hey, David, how are you? Hey, Dave, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure to have you here. And after all this time, this is your first time on the podcast. So I'm so I'm so happy to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. I've been watching and listening to your podcast for, for quite a while now. And I'm really happy to finally be on the show. So thank you. You are welcome, and I know a lot of people are tuning in, and they have followed your career and listened to your songs over the past year or more, and uh, so many great things have happened to you, and we'll kind of cover it all, but uh, 2019 was such a big year for you, um, and Mm -hmm. you can remind me, I know Boots and Hearts Emerging Artist, you won the next country music star, I lost track, so tell me how big (laughs) of a year (laughs) 2019 was for you tell you what um 2018 um to go back one extra year is where things kind of started um i i was on a a competition called the shot and i made the top 10 i did not win the uh, contest but that night when i walked out on the stage it had been the first time that i walked on a stage in over 10 years and um i got to play with a live band on that show and we only got to do a dress rehearsal with the band. So we played our song just a couple of times. Um, and it was the first time that I had stood with a band in 10 years. And the feeling, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know. Um, you, you get a little wobbly at first, and then all of a sudden you realize how much fun it really is. And uh, I walked out on that stage. I performed Walking in Memphis. And when I came off that stage, and I did not make the top four, um, I just knew right then and there, this is what I want to get back into. And, and uh, I felt a very strong desire to want to just quit everything, my career, my condo, leave my condo, and really pursue music. Um, when I sat with my parents, I explained to them what my goals were and what I wanted to do. And I thought they were going to tell me I was crazy. But they uh, told me, you know, if this is really what you want, now's the time. And so I spent 2018 building a band, building some songs. I released a, uh, an EP that I recorded down in Nashville called Thoughts Become Things. And from that record, I had uh, two singles go top 100 on Canadian country radio. And I think once that happened, I realized that maybe I have something. And, uh, you know, I, I remember going to the CMA Ontario Awards and nobody knowing me or me not knowing anybody. And I was just trying to learn and meet people. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then 2019 rolled around and uh, I just kind of felt like, you know, this is the year that I'm either going to do something so I can continue doing this as a career or I'm going to have to hang up my boots and go back to work. Um, and um, so I decided I wanted to try and enter all of the major emerging artist contests um, to try and make some new connections, learn some things and, and see what happens. 
Um, and uh, I entered three of them, uh, and I won all three of them, um, which is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but it was never my vision to win. It was always my vision just to perform and make new contacts and, and see what happens. Um, so I think since then, you know, I've had a lot of artists reach out to me and ask me, you know, for tips on, you know, uh, what should I do to win this or what should I do to win that? And I, and I tell them there's no secret. It's just show up and give it your all and have it come from a sincere place and put on a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, winning, you know, the next country music star was phenomenal. The prize pack that came with that was unreal. Um, Havelock treated me, you know, so well. Um, and, um, and then I won the Kohlberg, uh, country wild, which ended me, um, which ended up getting me in front of Jamie Tate down in Nashville. And, uh, instead of doing one song, we ended up working on a record together. Um, you know, and then of course, boots and hearts. I mean, you know, that was just crazy. Um, there are thousands of artists (laughs) across the country that apply and, um, Mm -hmm. they have to pick eight. And uh, how they even pick eight, I don't understand because the talent is unreal, uh, especially now. And when I when I was picked for that, uh, I knew that winning Boots and Hearts can can change your life, and um, it can put you on a pretty big platform. But it's up to you to stay there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I've told people like I'm the eighth person to win Boots and Hearts. And out of the eight, only four people have had, you know, uh, had turned it into, um, you know, a, a, a real career. Um, you know, and I know that's a hard thing to hear, but I mean, it's the truth. It's just, it doesn't mean that just because you win Boots and Hearts, you're going to be a superstar. You know, um, there's a lot mm. of work involved after winning Boots and Hearts. And even if you don't win Boots and Hearts, um you know, so you, uh, the people that have won it, uh, only four of them have really gone on to have, you know, big careers in, uh, in country music. And I'm, I'm speaking strictly on the winners. I mean, I know, um, you know, Tim Hicks didn't win, but he, he has a phenomenal career. Eric Etheridge didn't win. He has a phenomenal career. Like, you know, just yep. to name a few, um, you know, so I, I feel like, uh, I'm working harder than I've ever worked, um, you know, because now it's it's the follow up, right? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people want to see, you know, what's the big deal, right? What's the <laughs> so you gotta you gotta come you gotta come through and do a good job and put out good music, and that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah, you you uh, nailed it right there with work ethic, and I know this is something you um, thrive at and, and strive for and you accomplish because you're right. You can win whatever, whether it's American Idol, whether it's uh, Boots and Hearts. Um, the next day, you know, you have that win, but then you've got to keep putting in the work. So talk about that motivation for you, David, to day in and day out um, be focused and keep putting the work in and not just obviously resting on some laurel or some prize. I'll tell you something, Dave. Um, uh, to this day, I still have not celebrated winning Boots and Hearts. Um, to this day, I still have not celebrated signing with Warner Music. Um, to this day, I still haven't celebrated 
approaching almost 2 million streams on digital platforms. And wow, the reason why I haven't celebrated, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking not even, you know, having uh, the guys over for one beer and a cheers, you know, um, we haven't celebrated. And the reason why, there's, there's two reasons. The first reason is because I feel like we are so far from, you know, the imaginary finish line of success. Mm-hmm. My mentality since I started this was to put my head down and just run and work really hard. And uh, I've heard through the grapevine, some people say, oh, this David James guy, you know, he's only been around for two years and he, he won all this and it's fixed and it's this and it's that. And, and I, I will tell you, <laughs> Boots and Hearts had me really confused because I thought for sure I was not going to win Boots and Hearts. And there was a few things that had happened that made me think that. And I think a lot of people were convinced that a lot of these contests and stuff are fixed. And, and you know, I don't pay attention to any of that. I just perform. I keep my head down and I work my ass off. And I've said, you know, I'm not the greatest singer, but I work really hard. And Eric Etheridge told me once, he said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And Love so I think the secret, yeah. in my opinion, to success in this industry is staying relevant for long periods of time and, and making sure that there are people out there, and I know who they are, and I'm not going to say their names on this podcast, but there are people out there that will take advantage of you and try to, you know, sell you what they know. Be very careful because I've had artists come up to me uh, who, you know, and they say, Hey Dave, who should I work with? What producer should I? And, and I said to them, you know, focus on the music first, focus on building a brand, focus on building your story because, you know, you could go and work with some of the best producers in the world, but if you don't have a song to produce and is worth producing, then you're wasting your money. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I spent, I spent over $70,000 Dave to do my first EP in Nashville. Wow. Cash. And looking back at that, I mean, I was an idiot, <laughs> but I was excited you know, I was excited. I wanted to get things going and I just, you know, moved out of my house and I don't have bills anymore. And, you know, I just wanted to go for it. But now mm-hmm. I've learned there is so many other ways um, to do what you need to do in a smart way. Um, you know, uh, I mean, back then people were trying to charge $1,500 to, to co-write a song and, I didn't know you don't pay to co-write songs. Um, you know, so I learned the hard way on a lot of different things, but I think it's important for me to help educate um, other artists that are just on the way up um, to watch out for this stuff and to make sure they're not getting it taken advantage of. But, you know, for me, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, I'm working on music and, I feel like that's the only way I'm going to get ahead. And, um, 
and continue to move forward in my career with music. That's awesome. Um, before we get to uh, the first of three songs, David, um, let's get into influences. And I see you post stuff, and I've talked to you before and, and seen you at uh, the Moonshine shows, so I know some of your influences. But share with us, um, David, the artists that uh, have excited you about music and inspired you uh, along the way. Um, well, Garth Brooks is number one. Um, Garth Brooks, uh, him and I have a lot in common in the sense in the way we like to live outside of music. Um, and I'm a very simple man. Uh, I love to be up north. I love to have campfires. I love to be outdoors. I love to go fishing. Um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was young. And so my brain moves very quickly and doesn't settle down too often. So I, that's why I like to be outdoors. Um, and Garth is, is very much the same. Um, the one thing that I have in common with my influences are their ability to captivate and their ability to walk into a room and change the mood of the room um, for the positive. And Garth Brooks just has not only a deep love and passion for music and his family, um, but he truly performs for the people. And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for someone like myself, when I do a live show, um, it's not about me. It's about the fans and it's about entertaining the fans. And it's about, you know, when I step to the microphone and I grab the microphone, it's my job to create an escape for my fans or new fans. Um, and just, you know, allow them to forget about their cell phones for 10 minutes or half an hour or an hour and really just enjoy the music. So, you know, Garth Brooks is definitely one of those people um, I think one of my other big influences is Frank Sinatra um, because Frank very much the same thing uh, you know uh, Dean Martin Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis they the Rat Pack they mm-hmm. all had this un, undeniable uh, aura that followed them and chemistry that when they walked on the stage it was like I mean there are so many videos on YouTube that you can watch where you literally feel like you're in his living room um, or he's in your living room. It's, it's amazing. And so I really looked up to those people for, for, for the fact that they were entertainers and they were very good at, um, you know, captivating an audience. And that's something I look for. You know, I, I I go to some shows and I see some artists reading off of uh, iPads or uh, iPhones or whatever. And I think like, you know, this is not a performer. You know, like it, to me, it's just you're, you're, you're publicly admitting that you don't do your homework, you know? So it's like yep. when you get on the stage, you got to own it. And, and it's a blessing and a gift to be on that stage. And, you know, you have to just absolutely own it. And, uh, and, and those two people, you know, they certainly do. And uh, one, one, one last one, I mean, I have so many is Lenny Kravitz. Um, and the reason I say Lenny Kravitz is because what a lot of people don't know about Lenny Kravitz is when he released his Mama Said record back in the 80s, uh, late 80s, um, the record labels didn't want to sign him because he was black. And uh, they said black people don't do rock and roll, so which is really, really stupid when you think about it, like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's what the labels were telling him. And, uh, and he said, what are you talking about? Like, I'm a rock and roll singer and they didn't want to sign him. 
And so what he did is he ended up learning how to play all the instruments himself. And he got a small loan from his family, which helped him create an EP. Uh, and he released it. And then he became, you know, one of the very much an, an, an iconic uh, part of rock and roll and, and rock music. And, and for me, I just love the story of struggle. And I love the fact that people were telling him no and he just went out and did it on his own. Um, very similar to like when I woke up one morning and decided I don't want to sell furnaces anymore. Um, I don't want to live in this condo. Um, I want to, you know, I want to chase my dream that I always had since I was a little boy. Um, a lot of people don't know the earlier days of me and what I did in music and uh, how I was, you know, touring around in a band when I was very young. And, you know, so I had a, a bad experience that led me to turn my back on music. Um, but very much like Lenny Kravitz, when I realized, you know what, no, this is what I need to do. I sat down and I figured out how to become a web designer, how to become a marketing PR person, you know, how to book my own shows, mm -hmm. how to set up studio things and rehearsals. And, you know, so I, I remember in the last year or so people, um, you know, would come up to me and say, Oh, so you have like a media team and you have like a, this team and a, that team. And, and I said, no, that's, that's all me, man. <laughs> and they're like, really? <laughs> so, you know, like Lenny, I, I just kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and, and, and realized that before you can tell someone else how to do something, you should try and do it yourself. So you understand what's involved. That is amazing. I love that perspective and that attitude, David. Um, and that is just, you know, the way you live, I know. Um, let's turn to On Tonight. Let's start with the big song right now that just came out today. Um, it's out for people to stream, uh, purchase, and request at their local country station. Uh, great tune. We're mm -hmm. going to hear it in a few moments. Tell me all about On Tonight. Um, on Tonight is a... Uh, it's just a fun summer song. And uh, this song was uh, um, pitched to me over a year ago. And um, I loved it. I thought it had a great vibe. Um, and it just kind of sat there while we were writing songs and going through songs. And um, I ended up playing it for Jeff Delzeal, um, who is, uh, he has multiply won CCMA and uh, CMAO producer of the year. And uh, he, he even won a Juno last year for a washboard union song he did. And, uh, and he heard it and he said, man, I love this song and I'd love to cut it with you. And, uh, and so I said, okay, let's do it. And so we, uh, we ended up cutting it together and worked with his amazing team. Um, Pete from Harem Scarum played electric uh, on the record, which is awesome. And uh, Mitch J, who plays for Megan Patrick, he did Steel on the record. Um, and I forget some of the other people's names, so I apologize. Um, but it was just a fun song and a good vibe. And um, the song was not supposed to be released until later this summer on an EP, um, once following the single with him releasing with Warner. And But because of everything that's going on with uh, COVID-19 um, and my NR rep at Warner called me up and said, Hey Dave, if you want to do one final independent release on your own before we put out your summer single, um, you know, you have our blessing. And so, uh, on tonight just felt right, um, for, 
you know, we're coming into the spring and uh, it's just a fun, positive song. And uh, I hope, you know, my fans and, and country, country music fans in general will just really enjoy this one as much as we enjoyed making it. So, but uh, yeah, it's a fun song. Great stuff. Let's hear it now. This is David Boy James and on tonight on In the Country. And that is my guest, David Boy James. Brand new music out from him today. It's called On Tonight. And that is such a great song. It's so much fun. And it's got your energy you. in it, David. You bring so much energy to what you do and so much sincerity as well. Um, what is it like for you on stage? Is that like your your second happiest place, your second home, or is it your first place? My first, well, my first happiest place is a tie between being on stage and being in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah I love my bath. Um no, but all jokes aside, I I uh I love being on stage and you know, Dave, it kills me to know that there are people out there that are doing 
what they don't love and they're doing it every single day. And, you know, I love music so much and I love performing so much that for me, every single time I go on stage, I remind myself, you know, I could be walking into someone's house right now to sell them a furnace and an air conditioner. Um, Cause I did that for 10 years. And, you know, so going on stage is truly a blessing. And uh, I'll tell you when I was at boots and hearts, um, I came across a uh, very well-known artist who had just performed. And I said to that artist, I said, Hey, you did amazing out there. And that artist looked at me and said, it's just another show, man, just another show. And, you know, I, I, I said to myself, don't ever let yourself get to that point. Um, don't ever let yourself get to the point where you think it's just another show. Um, because mm-hmm. the one thing I've learned is there are millions of people, millions of people, trying to do this and trying to make a living at this and trying to sign a record deal or whatever. And so few get the chance. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was with, uh, in my meeting with Steve Cody from Warner, he said to me, he goes, congratulations on being the 1%. And, uh, I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's 29 people signed to this label. Um, and when you think of it like that, it's like, wow, it puts things into perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, a loud car is about to go away. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of people can take things for granted. Um, and a lot of people can underestimate, you know, um, the opportunities that they've been given. Um, but for me, you know, every single show is like the last show. And I think one of the coolest things I ever heard is, you know, you could walk as an artist, you could walk on a stage and guarantee that at least one person, no matter how famous you are, one person in the audience has never seen you live before. And perform, so perform for that person, you know? Um, And and I think that's really important. I think that's a really important thing to think about as an artist, that it doesn't matter what your green room looks like. It doesn't matter if you got beers and M&Ms in your green room and all this other nonsense <laughs> that people get on about. Focus on going out on that stage and putting on a show so that one person, even if it's just one person that's never seen you before, leaves that show and goes, oh my God, that was such an amazing performance. Um, and, and I think if you can do that every single night and never lose the grateful grace of the love of music, um, you know, then I I think you're going to have a good career in this industry. But if you're doing it for money, um, you're better off selling furnaces. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. I love that. At least right now. What a great, (laughs) what a great story and a a, a bit of humor at the end. I love that. (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. Along with these up-tempo songs, uh, obviously on Tonight and Stomp and uh, Ready for a Good Time, the other side of you that we love is songs like Whiskey Won't and Love You Sober, which I love you sober. Oh, I've had a chance you. to hear acoustically. 
and that is such a great song. You can talk about those, those songs specifically, but uh, just generally songs um, that you want to share, David. You like to share these kind of songs, too, that, that uh, have deep meanings to them. Oh, they do. Um, Love You Sober, I, I can't wait to release that, and I can't release it until the fall. Um, so it, that song will be coming out in the fall. Um, I will be playing it this summer, but it will be coming out in the fall. And, um, that song is just such a special song for me because it's a true story, um, about someone that I had met, um, a fan actually, um, that I had met and she told me her story and uh, it broke my heart and I wanted to write a song about it, um, to let her know that there are people out there um, that, you know, are willing to love someone to sobriety, um, and, and also through sobriety. So, you know, mm-hmm. love you sober, um, has a, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that song alone. Um, but mm-hmm. it's a very special song. And as a writer, um, you know, it, it's, I'm a storyteller. I'm putting stories into songs. And, uh, when I get to, put together a story about someone that I've met uh, and put it out there for my fans and potentially millions of people to hear. Um, it's a very special thing. And um, so I'm really excited about it. Whiskey Won't was another song that, um, you know, was to try and bring attention towards drinking and driving. And, and you know, we're in a business that, uh, you know, we go to small towns and do concerts and shows and, and unfortunately, you know, there are people that will drink and drive. And, and uh, I don't know if you know this story, but um, out in Aurelia many years ago, there was two young girls who were driving to see a Miranda Lambert concert. And uh, a drunk driver coming from the, the casino hit them head on and killed them. And they didn't even make it to the show. Um, mm. You know, so it's just, uh, I think, one of the things you hear a lot in country music is whiskey and beer and drinking and partying Mm -hmm. and, you know, living it up. And, and so I I wanted to put out a song that talked about something we don't talk a lot about. And that is the fact that whiskey won't solve your problems. And um, so whiskey won't, the story behind that song was just to, you know, put, put uh, a spotlight on the fact that, you know, if you're going through a hard time or you're, if you're having trouble with something, um, don't just rely on alcohol because um, whiskey won't fix your problems. Amazing. Two great songs, and they show that uh, side of you that uh, touches us and, and has so much uh, deep meaning within the songs. Um, we're going to talk about Nashville in a bit and also um, songwriting specifically, but let's turn to the song As Good As You, which uh, is uh, Kane Brown's song, of course. He had a big hit with it. Mm-hmm. You did an amazing cover of it that uh, has got you a lot of attention. It's a great version of it. Um, and tell Thank me you. about uh, choosing that song and what that has led to for you. Um, so a little bit further back, um, when I was getting ready to kind of do stuff in 2019, um, I had received some advice to, uh, go on to the top 50 countdown and look at what is current. Um, and so I did, and the advice given to me was to pick a song that is between top 40 to top 50 that I think, 
is going to be a number one hit um, and then do a cover of it and release it um, while it's new. Um, so I went on and I okay. saw a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of songs and uh, I saw Kane Brown, Good As You. And uh, I just love the vibe of it. So I brought it into to my producer, to Mark Shore. And uh, I said, what do you think of the song? And he's like, yeah, man, I love it. And so we, I didn't want to copy Kane Brown. I wanted to try and do my own twist on it. Um, so we did. And uh, we, Tim Deegan um, does amazing uh, videography work. And he filmed a video uh, with me for the song. And um, mm-hmm. we put it out. And we could not believe what had happened because um, what happened is that I actually released my video of Good As You before Kane Brown actually released his music video of Good As You. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So all of Kane Brown's yeah. fans would go on, on, on YouTube and type in Good As You and I would come up before Kane Brown. Um, so it got me a lot of streams and a lot of new fans because people liked my version. Um, and uh, so when it came time to uh, put in my audition tape uh, for Boots and Hearts, mm-hmm. I uh, decided I was going to put in this, this video of Good As You. And the best part of that is they hadn't announced the headliner yet. Um, so once I was picked to be in the top eight for the emerging artist contest. It was then when we found out Kane Brown would be the, the artist that I'm, I'd be opening up for. Should I make the top two, <laughs> um, which is just crazy. Right. Um, yeah. And then fur- furthermore, I was, when, once I made the top two, I was backstage the one day and uh, Kane walked right in front of me. And uh, I said, hey, Kane. And he turned around and I said, hey, man. I said, I'm a big fan. And I said, uh, you know, the reason I'm here is because I covered your song. And uh, and he's kind of looking at me funny. And I said, yeah, it's a black and white video. And he said, oh, man, I've seen that. <laughs> and, I mean, it was it was surreal, wow. right? It was like, he's yeah. like, yeah, man. Hell, he's like, hell, yeah, man. That was That was great, man. And. And then I got a picture and we talked for about five minutes and it was surreal that I'm like, oh, you know, standing here with Kane Brown and it's just like full circle. Right. Um, and yeah. you know what else is really cool. And I've actually never said this publicly. Kane Brown actually watched my final performance on the main stage. Um, I told him that I was going up in about 10 minutes and, and he's like, all right, man, I'll see if I can catch it. And he did. Uh, he was standing side stage with a security guard. And as I walked oh, out, man. he kind of nodded, nodded at me. And when I came off the stage, he's like, great job, man. And, and that was it. Um, you know, that so, is a cool story. Really crazy. Yeah. And, and, and actually, while, while we're on the booth stories, um, Morgan Whalen um, was uh, side stage for my performance on the front porch when we did our 10 minute performance morgan whalen stayed there uh beside shannon from uh um pure country and uh and he he watched my performance so it's pretty crazy oh man that is awesome (laughs) i love that 
<laughs> we're going to talk about uh, sort of something that it reminded me of thoughts become things when you're kind of you know, talking about Kane Brown and, and just how all that came together. We'll talk about that after we hear uh, David Boyd, James Singh, good as you on in the country. Taking care of your mama, the way you're taking care of me, the way you light up any room, girl, that's what this world should be. Tomorrow, tonight, the rest of my life, I wanna be the man you want me to be. So starting right now, girl, tell me everything you need. I just wanna wake up every day here in this bed. Never leave, I love you, left unsaid. It might take a hundred lifetimes to do. But baby, I just want to be good as you. Girl, you're more than just a surface. Yeah, you got that heart of gold. Cause when it comes to loving you, baby. We'll never get home Tomorrow, tonight The rest of my life I wanna be the man you want me to be So starting right now Girl, tell me everything you need I just wanna wake up Every day here in this bed And never leave I love you left unseen It might take a hundred lives David Boy James with his cover of the Kane Brown hit "Good as You," and David was early on that song. And you talk, you know, talk about releasing the video before Kane released his video for that song. And Kane Brown even saw the video himself uh, and mentioned that to David. That is so cool. Um, Thoughts become things is your mantra. Um, did, mm-hmm. tell, tell, tell me all about that. We, we see it obviously on social media. We've seen the impact of how it's worked for you. So tell me your philosophy on this. 
Um, I truly believe I'm not, I'm not a religious person, Dave. I'm a very spiritual person. And um, I really truly believe what we think about, we bring about Um, very similar theory to, you know, you are what you eat. And I think that um, it's important uh, as we get older, that we're very aware of our words and we're very aware of how we say things. Um, And if we treat our words like Wi-Fi signals, um, when we, we think something out loud or in, in, in our head, we, if you need to be aware that those frequencies are being intercepted by what's around us. And so a lot of times when I talk about this to people that don't necessarily understand it, I just sound like a mad scientist and uh, like I'm just talking nonsense. But I think once people see either for themselves or for someone else that they know that this is possible and actually is a real thing um, and they start to believe in it, you know, it can change their life. Um, So I think for me, you know, my thoughts and my paradigm and rewiring my, my brain and ways of thinking is what really helped me transition from a salesman um, into what I was supposed to be doing all along, which is music. So I think, the first step is what I did is you get a piece of paper and on the left hand side, you write down all the things that you want in your life. So for me, you know, obviously that's going to be, you know, a record deal, um, a band, uh, a tour, uh, you know, maybe a tour bus one day, uh, (laughs) all these things. And then on the right hand side of the paper, you want to write down all the things you're currently doing to achieve the things on the left side. So Hmm. really cool exercise because the left-hand side is usually, you know, 10 to 20 items long, but the right-hand side usually has two or three. Um, So the reason I, the reason I say that is because let's just go to something we can all relate to. You know, if we want to save money, and that's on the right-hand side of our page. But on the left-hand side, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, buying a car and buying fishing gear and buying this and buying that. Well, then those two things aren't lining up. Therefore, chances are you probably haven't saved a lot of money. Um, same with working out. Let's say, you know, you really want to lose 50 pounds, but all you're doing is going out and eating, you know, uh, Montana's all the time. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I think, so for me, when I sat down and I, and I wrote out my sheet, I made sure that I had a plan and I made sure that I had executed those plans. Um, Mm -hmm. So to outsiders, they kind of see it as, wow, he's getting really lucky. He's winning all these contests and, and he's doing this and he's doing that. And, and, but to me, I see it as, that's exactly what's supposed to happen because I'm checking off the boxes. I'm working hard and you know, the results are because of the work. Now you're not always just going to go and win everything and, and just smack everything out of the park. That's not reality. Um, but who's to say it can't be done. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, the thoughts become things is, you know, for me is, is really, surrounding yourself with nothing but positive energy and you know uh, and I think that's really important especially in this industry 
where the highs and lows are unbelievable. And emotionally that can have a huge toll on somebody, um, you know, but uh, for example, I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, wow, you had such a big year last year and this must be really hard for you now because you're just doing nothing because of this COVID. And my answer to them is it doesn't affect me because I have a plan. I have a, a strategy and once this is over and it's safe to go back to normal, everything will just resume as it was before it started. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so I think yep. when you have that plan and you have supporters such as even yourself, um, you know, it, it really helps us get through the, the harder times. Um, but more, most importantly, people need to have a plan and they need to stick to that plan. Um, otherwise, they're going to find it very difficult in life to get to that finish line, regardless of what they're chasing. Let's talk about songwriting, David. This is such a big part of what you do uh, alongside uh, performing and going in the studio. Um, songwriting, when did it begin for you? When did you first uh, get drawn to it? This is an awesome question. Um, so when I was five years old, I had an accident with my right arm. Uh, I don't talk about it really in public, so not a lot of people know. Uh, but I cut my right arm in half, and my father oh my saved goodness. my life. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So my father saved my life, and I went to Sick Kids Hospital. I was in the hospital for several weeks. Um, It was a 13-hour surgery to reattach my arm. I was born right-handed, and now I'm left-handed. So um, how does this tie into songwriting? Um, Well, when I was released from the hospital, it took several, several years for me to get full use of my arm again. And so in that process, I did a lot of working out because I needed to for rehabilitation on my arm. Um, But then I started Mm -hmm. coloring and drawing and writing. And as a kid, I talked to myself all the time. And so I had a very active imagination. Um, And that that eventually led to the love of music because my family is from Newfoundland. um, So I was raised in an East Coast family house where the music was constantly being played. And then I just started wanting to do like poetry um i actually mm-hmm. started off as a rapper um and started rapping and freestyling because that's kind of the music i got into when i was like you know 12 13 um sure and my dream was to be an mc so i always wanted to be a dj and an mc so i could talk to the crowd um so we, there was a talent show at my school when I was 13 and I sang, uh, I rapped ice, ice baby by vanilla ice. And, um, <laughs> the place went, the place went nuts and I won the talent show. And wow. in that moment I be, I became more, more, uh, excited about how the girls would scream and go crazy than I did about anything else. I was, I was more in it, in it for the attention <laughs> at <Yeah>. that age. Um, <laughs> Sure. But as I matured, as I matured and got older, I ended up starting a rock band called Writing Against Radar. And this was the first time that I was playing with instruments and learned that I needed to actually write the songs. Um, at that time, I didn't have too much in terms of experience with things because I was young, but I started to write when I was like 14, 15. Um, and then I had some success with that band. And then I just kept writing and writing and writing throughout the years. 
Um, but now that I got back into country music, um, it's really changed because, you know, I, I've, I have a lot of stories. I have a lot of experiences. I've traveled a, a bit. Um, I certainly know what I don't want versus what I do want. And I've been very lucky to sit in the room with writers such as Phil Barton, uh, Jason Matthews, Jimmy Thau, Aaron Goodman, James Barker, uh, Josh Wolf. I mean, the list goes on. Craig Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the yep. list is long. And, uh, and, and, you know, we literally just start having a conversation and, and then someone says, hey, what do you want to write about? And, and I say, well, I've been sitting on this title um, for example, ready for a good time. And, um, you know, that song changed my life. Um, I, I had a, a, a big franchise, Canadian barbecue franchise call me up and want to purchase a license for that song to have in their commercials. And, you know, I, I remember sitting down with my parents when everything was finalized and I'm like, you know, I remember writing that song. I remember, sitting in the room mm-hmm. with Jason Matthews and he wanted to write a slow song. And I said, no, I want to write something about how, like getting ready for a good time. And, uh, and we did. And it's just, it's crazy because Amazing. fans, fans hear the song, you know, yeah. I, well, here's a funny story. So this is off topic a little bit, but Jason Matthews has written several number ones for Luke Bryan. And he's got one song called uh, drinking beer and wasting bullets. And uh, I love that song. It's a Luke, Luke Bryan song. And I said to Jason, mm-hmm. he had a, a platinum record on the wall, and it said, you know, platinum, platinum record, uh, uh, drinking beer and wasting bullets. And I said to Jason, I said, oh, you wrote that with him? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, that's a funny story. He said, we were in a, in a drive-thru for Sonic to get breakfast burritos, and there was a truck in front of us that had a sticker on it, and it said, drinking beer and wasting bullets. <laughs> and uh and and he's like and I was like, Man, that's super clever and uh and then he's like, you know, and then we just started, you know, sitting here, drinking beer, you know <laughs> and then next thing yep. you know, it's number <laughs> one. Right? And it's just like it's like how, what? How did that even happen? You know? Um so I think that's what I love about songwriting is you know, you you do it, you put it out there and you see what happens, but then every once in a while something special happens or, I mean, I know when I, when I was at your show and I sang love you sober, um, I had multiple mm-hmm. people come up to me after that night and some people were crying, trying to talk to me about it. And, uh, you know, they were like, man, that song just really touched me. And, and, you know, it's, that's what I think is so cool, you know, that you can write a song and you can really get into someone's heart that you don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I think that's a very beautiful thing. And, and, and I, and I love playing your shows because those shows are such a great opportunity to share those songs because the fans come to, to listen and it's really, really a beautiful thing. Absolutely. That is what is so special about the moonshine cafe. It's a true listening room uh, right there in Oakville. And yeah, people are listening to songs like you just talked about love you sober and they're getting into it. And whether they've been through it or know somebody who's gone through a similar situation, it's touching them. Um, and kind of on that topic, uh, listening rooms in Nashville and the city of Nashville. So uh, before we get to the next song on the show here, David, tell me what Nashville mm-hmm. means to you. 
It, you know, um, when you touch down, have you been to Nashville, Dave? I have a couple of times. Oh, amazing. So you, you're going to understand this for sure. When you land in Nashville, um, there is an energy and a presence about that, that t- city that is undeniable. And I think what sums it up for me is you, you get there and it feels like you're in a space where everyone understands you. Um, you know, being uh, all about energy, you know, when, when you walk into studio B at RCA records, I don't know if you've done that or not. Um, when you walk into studio B at RCA records, there is an energy in that room that you can't recreate. Um, I've been very lucky to record in several, several studios in Nashville and to find out that the people I look up to have recorded in that exact same space. Um, it's just a really cool vibe. Um, but I will also mm-hmm. say that most, most, you know, when artists fly to Nashville, I think one of the most important things for them to do the first time they get there is to go around to the bars and just listen to the talent. Um, and, and you really see quickly how many people are, are that much better than you. <laughs> and you think, wow, these, these guys can play or these guys can sing or these girls can just wail. And, and I think the first time I went to Nashville, it was eye-opening for me because I thought the, the homeless guy outside the beer store, I mean, how, did he, how is he not signed? <laughs> you know? Um, so you realize talent down there is exceptional. Um, right. And it really makes you want to go home and practice. Um, but there's an energy down there that I love. And I, I, I have just as many friends in Nashville as I do in Toronto, maybe more in Nashville. Um, and the Southern hospitality is amazing. The food is unbelievable. I mean, Hattie B's chicken is, you know, it's just to die for. Um, but it's just a good energy, you know. But I will also say that, you know, um, whether it's Nashville or Canada, I mean, you don't have to go to Nashville to cut a record. Um, it's definitely a good place to network especially for songwriting. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's just a beautiful energy in that city. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I've been to, you know, the Grand Ole Opry. I've done all the touristy things and going to the Ryman theater and I went to Johnny Cash's yep. house and, you know, and, and I, I did a whole bunch of that stuff and George Jones grave. And, um, yeah, it's just that. a special, special, special energy. And, and I think, you know, before anything, I'm a country fan first. Um, and, uh, you know, so I like to do the touristy stuff and I like to see and feel the history because I feel like mm-hmm. we are a result of the stones that the pioneers put down, you know? Absolutely. It's great to, yeah, listen and look back at the history because there's so much good stuff, obviously, and you see how it connects uh, one generation to the next. And I love the history of country music. Uh, Yeah, it's so amazing. George Jones, as you mentioned, I mean, we could talk about him forever. Um, I love him. Uh, And Conway Twitty, Mm -hmm. uh, two of my favorite classics. They're just awesome. I'll tell you something. If if you ever get the opportunity again, um, 
go down to Nashville and go to the Ryman Theater and and bring your iPhone or whatever you listen to and put your headphones in. And, and I, I sat there, Dave, for the better part of two hours in the pews, and I just closed my eyes, and I, I made a playlist of all the people that had played in that theater. And I just listened to the music in my headphones and, like, imagined as if, you know, they were there. And um, mm, wow, it is so cool, man. It's like, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's incredible. And, and my Jamie Tate has worked, worked with George Jones. That's the, one of my producers down there. He also worked with Johnny Cash. And uh, he told me stories about these guys. And um, it's amazing, you know. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's really incredible. And, and how humble these people were. You know, um, they truly did it for the fans, and and that's exactly how I feel. I, I I make music for the fans, and I'm very grateful that they've given me the opportunity to turn this into a career and and do this every single day. Uh, let's turn to another song, David. Uh, it's called Another Day. Uh, great song of yours, of course. Uh, and tell me about Thank this you. song before we play it. This song. I think especially at a time like what we're going through, I think it's really important. Um, Another Day is a song about being grateful for tomorrow and also being grateful for today. Um, you know, the lyric, the sun goes up and the sun comes down, I breathe in and breathe out. Um, you know, that's the truth. You know, we wake up and we deal mm-hmm. with our day and we go to sleep and we get ready for the next one. Um, but in the process of doing that, it's important to be grateful for the things that uh, are happening in our life. And for example, last week I had a bad week because this whole COVID-19 thing, it just really started to uh, pull its weight on me. And uh, I had to remind myself, you know, it will, it will, it will be over. Uh, We'll get through it and, you know, uh, better days lie ahead. And so, Uh, With a song like Another Day, it's just uh, a very positive, uplifting song uh, for me and for my fans um, to enjoy uh, while they're having a good day or when they're not having a good day. So um, I try to to make music that will help affect people's moods and and cheer them up when they want to be cheery and... um, or something like Whiskey Won't, where it's a little bit on the sadder side, but... But yeah, another day has just uh, been my most successful release. Um, it's it's well over a million streams uh, since I put it out in August, um, which is amazing. I'm so grateful. Apple Music mm-hmm. has had it on, you know, seven or eight playlists. Um, it's just amazing. unbelievable. And um, yeah, it's just a really positive, uh, fun song. Let's hear it now from David Boyd James. This is Another Day on In the Country. Just a little more money, just a little bit of fame, yeah, a little more sun, and a little less rain. What I want ain't always what I need And satisfaction ain't always guaranteed 
got my back Cause it all works out Yeah, and that's a fact I'm gonna kiss your lips with my eyes closed Cause we're not promised tomorrow But the sun comes up and the sun goes down I breathe in and then I breathe out Too much good to complain about anything Yeah, I got you and a little bit And this cold beer right here in my head Every night I think the man Up and the sun goes down. I breathe it and then I breathe out. Too much good to complain about anything. David Boy James with Another Day here on In the Country, and that is such a great song. Uh, his brand new single was just released today. It's called On Tonight, and uh, you can stream it, purchase it, uh, add it to your playlist, uh, contact your local country station. And of course, another great thing to do, and I know you appreciate this, David, is when fans uh, post the song, either the Spotify link or whatever, but they tell their friends, uh, their fellow country fan friends, about your music. Absolutely. And and I'm very grateful way, when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to spread the word of one country fan to another. Uh, as we get set to wrap up here, David, after this great conversation, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, people you would like to work with in the business that you have not yet worked with. Um, do you have people in mind on a list um, that one day uh, soon you want to work with so-and-so? Um, Corey Marks and myself, we've been chatting um, through a mutual friend about setting up a co-write. Um, so I'm really excited to do that. Uh, Jade Eagleson yeah. and I have also chatted um, about doing a co-write. Um, so, I mean, that, that is in the near future. Um, but, I mean, I'd love to work with anyone and everyone. I, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, Tim Hicks and I have chatted about doing some co-writes. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean... I can't tell you what yet, but I will tell you that James Barker and myself, uh, we have something up our sleeve this summer, um, but I can't say too much about it. Um, okay. But, you know, I, I think that the community, the country community is super tight, and uh, we're all just kind of cheering for each other. So, I mean, I'd, I'd write yeah. or do, do duets or, you know, um, with anybody. Actually, what I can tell you is do you remember – when I was at the Moonshine, um, not not the last time, but the time before that, it was me and uh, um, Elise Sanders. 
Give me yes. that. Yeah. Do. Um, so, so we, we were performing and I said, I would love to do a duet with her. We should do a duet together. Yep. Well, um, the secret is now out on your podcast that uh, oh, we, we did get together and we wrote a song with wow. Craig Brooks and that song was approved by Warner to make my EP record that's coming out later this year. Uh, oh my God. So she will have, that is amazing. Yeah, she will have a uh, duet with me that'll be released later this year. And it, it is a hell of a song. It is such, it's such a fun, um, you know, party style kind of song. And um, I'm really proud of it. So the uh, thanks to you and the moonshine cafe, you've uh, helped two artists come together and, and write a, a great song that will be released later this year. That just makes me feel awesome because uh, obviously you two are both great. And I've known Elise a long time, like nine or ten years. And obviously she oh, continues wow. to do great things. And as you know, she's amazing. Uh, and the two of you together, yes. I love that, man. That, that makes me feel great. It's, re- it's a really fun song. And when um, all my songs went to Warner for them to pick the ones they liked, um, that was one of the ones that was picked. Incredible. Well, I look forward to hearing that song. Any idea when the EP, the full EP, uh, will be released, David? Um, well, it looks like it'll probably be around August, maybe, in around there. Nice. Around, um, yep. Yeah, in and around August. I think they're aiming for, um, for around Boots and Hearts. Um, so that would be, uh, early August, late July, early August. Very cool. Um, in the meantime, we have on tonight to enjoy from you, which, uh, again, was just released today. Um, this has been great, David. I've really enjoyed the conversation. We covered a lot of interesting things and uh, it was great to, uh, great to get to know you better. Well, thank you so much, Dave. And, you know, I, I also just want to say, I really appreciate everything that you do in the community. And, um, you know, I, I think thanks to people like yourself and as well, like the Christine's from C to C, um, Canadian country insider, you know, uh, you guys all do such an awesome job promoting, um, indie artists all the way up to the biggest stars in Canada. And, um, it really, it really helps people like myself during these tough times to, uh, to continually get the support from you guys. So, so thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's uh, great to support you and share your stuff and, uh, and watch all the great success uh, that's going on for you. And I wish you continued success, David. Uh, once again, my guest has been David Boyd-Janes. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country. <laughs>